Hello, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Wednesday, November 10th edition of the SWAT radio program. I am David Gray, in for Taylor Johnson, and uh, always glad to be here with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we are glad that you are with us. However, you're listening in on 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia, whether you're listening on the Lighthouse in Coastal Carolina. I'm trying to remember all these, Doug. It's been a while since I've done these. I know. And, uh, or, or in Mississippi as well. We're glad you're with us. Also on the SWAT Radio app or on SWATradio.com. So, Doug, I was here a couple days last week with Taylor, and we had a good time, but it's been a while since I've been here with you. Yeah, it has been a while. Good to have you back in the studio, as always, my fellow Seinfeld guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good to get away um, last week, uh, be up in the mountains of North Georgia. You ever been up there? I have. It's been a while, but it's beautiful up there. It is. It's very nice, but it was very cold this time of year. A little rainy and cold, but uh, glad to be back in the studio. Hope you guys are doing well. And uh, today, for any Marines out there, happy birthday. It is uh, the Marine Corps birthday. Oh, November wow. 10th. Yeah. I didn't know that. We we were just talking that tomorrow's Veterans Day, but I didn't realize today was the birthday of the Marine Corps. Yep, the birthday. I've been getting uh, <laughs> been getting texts from fellow Marines that I served with. And uh, so, uh, you know, 246 years, wow. July, uh, basically... Uh, 246 years of service today, and uh, the Marine Corps celebrates November 10th, 1775, uh, is when uh, we were established, and so uh, it's well, good. Well, anybody who's listening that's a Marine, or, well, once, I was going to say former Marine, but once a Marine, always a Marine, you never, right? Uh, so yeah. you and don't say way, former. If somebody, if you have a friend who was in the Marine Corps and you don't say ex-Marine. Mm-hmm. Ex-Marine means they got busted out of the Marine Corps okay. or arrested. Good it's to know. Former, Good former to know. Marine. Okay, well, okay. Or, thank, or you still call a Marine. Right? Thank you to you, Doug, for your service and to anybody who's a Marine or veteran in any of the armed forces who's listening today, especially in light of Veterans Day being tomorrow. Hey, did you know that, you know, it's funny because the we talked a little about this yesterday about uh, the Treaty of Paris and we talked about, um, actually, we didn't talk about the Treaty of Paris. We talked about the Treaty of Versailles, you mm-hmm. know, the World War One. Mm-hmm. But the Marines were abolished uh, in 1783 for 15 years. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, they were abolished. Uh, and they really tried to do away with the Marine Corps several times over the years. But they've kind of hung around and... Uh, what was the reason they abolished them all those years ago in the 1700s? Well, they just, they just didn't see a need. I okay. mean, they were kind of a special unit, you right. know, to go in. But, uh, right. it's called, you know, it's been known as Marine Corps Day. And uh, Major General Lejeune uh, issued an order that formalized the tradition of the birthday on November 10th. And uh, so... Happy well, birthday, all the Marines. Good, good move to reinstate them after uh, they uh, abolished them. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and by the way, just a reminder, 11 o'clock tomorrow, downtown Jacksonville, there is a parade for Veterans Day, probably in a lot of uh, places around the country. 
uh, check your local news to just see where you might be uh, doing that. But uh, yeah. I know here in Jacksonville, they are. And, you know, uh, veterans, I tell you, military life is not easy, David. You know, I spent eight years in, which mm-hmm. is not as much as some of my friends. Uh, well, you know, Tom, Tom, Tom was in a long time. Yeah. Tom, Tom uh, was uh, our friend Tom who went to the Philippines with us. Mm-hmm. Was he your roommate over there? No, 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 Ronnie was my roommate. Oh, right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tom just texted me and said, happy birthday. And, uh, you know, he was in for quite a while. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Well, the world is so crazy right now and there's so many things going on, um, you know, to the, with the country and the world and in people's lives individually, it, it would be very, unfortunately easy to overlook tomorrow or to forget about it or just let it pass by. But I just, you know, it's a good reminder to me. Yeah. I have relatives who served and, and friends who served, and it's just it's a good reminder to really make a point to thank them. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a woman that I work with, and I think it's Applebee's that gives uh, veterans a free meal on Veterans Day. And she she and her husband went every uh, every Veterans Day to to get a free lunch at Applebee's. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice thing that they do. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> and in fact, if you're in the military or veteran, there may be a lot of places out uh-huh. there. It doesn't hurt to ask. Right. Uh, and they'll right. do that. Right. Hey, I wanted to uh, let our listeners know, uh, at least in the Jacksonville area, uh, you want to pray for the family of Calvin Rockward, R-O-C-K-W-A-R-D. He was a uh, sergeant first class in the Army, special forces guy up at Fort Bragg. And uh, he passed away um, uh, a few weeks ago during a physical fitness training exercise, Mm. uh, had a medical event. He's only 38 years old, very young, very qualified. But remember the Rockward family and pray for them and uh, all of our troops. You know, people uh, tend to only think about military uh, people when they are overseas in a war environment but a lot of people get injured and even die sure. in peacetime sure. or over here in the states training yep because you train like you fight you go out and you do stuff and uh, training is rigorous and uh, our uh, prayers go out to the rockward family and uh and and to any other soldiers out there if, you, if you've been lost or people who their families are dealing with the loss of someone it's it's mm. just a it's tragic when it's somebody that young, and it? I mean, it's tragic anyway, but right. when it's somebody in their 30s. And unexpected like that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he was in great shape, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, he was. Yeah. He, he showed in tremendous shape. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on. Uh, I, I've always, whether, you know, I'm sure there are other things going on, but I've always thought it should be required of every American at some point, right, on a Veterans Day to watch there should be a certain list of movies. Now, I'm not suggesting that the movies are the real thing or that any of us who were not involved in combat can ever really understand what it was like. I, I don't claim that. Yeah. But everybody should have to watch certain movies and get a little taste, just an understanding of what people went through for our freedom, right, for this yeah. country and yeah. what people sacrificed. Yeah, and, I tell you what, if you if you can stomach it, Saving Private Ryan yep, is that's the probably one the, yep. the the benchmark, right? Yep. Uh, I'll tell you some other ones, too. Uh, uh, for Vietnam, uh, We Were Soldiers mm-hmm. by, with Mel Gibson. That yep. movie is pretty yep. realistic. Yep. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it's, it's yep. And, of course, the World War II movies aren't necessarily as technically good 
but they still convey the story. I saw Patton not long ago. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And just what those guys did in the conditions they were in, in the weather, they, you know, the weather without rest, mm-hmm. you know, and I saw Fury recently. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that supposed I to be pretty good. I've at seen at the end, I won't say anything about it, but it's about Don't a, give it away. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's about a tank, a specific tank uh, group unit, and uh, Brad Pitt stars in it, and the ending of it especially is is pretty intense. So just to, again, see these guys faced faced death all the time and, hey, and well, still went forward. I, I have a encouraging story about a young boy in Alabama who was born on uh july 5th 2020 uh and uh he was weighed 14 ounces at birth he was born at 21 weeks and has now been certified as the world's most premature baby to survive at 21 weeks wow isn't that amazing wow wow that is amazing 21 weeks, and he's doing okay okay. yeah Yeah. that's great yeah Yeah. over in utah alabama curtis uh curtis way to go curtis yeah curtis so say a prayer for curtis and for his mom uh, man that's just awesome 21 21 weeks i mean there's no you're not even showing at that point are you i mean women aren't even hardly showing. i wasn't when well, i was I, 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 <laughs> yeah, okay, at that let's stage not go there. Sorry, we digress. i forget to be careful with david in here i apologize to you listeners out there david is attending he can go off the cuff really no, quick no, with me because we no. joke around I should, a lot. I should know, though. I, I have a wife who carried three. So, no, 21 weeks is awfully early. Awfully okay, early. So here's a question. Did you go into the delivery room on any of them? Oh, yeah, all did three. Yep. I did, too. Wasn't that cool? Experience? It was unbelievable. Okay, did did you did you have a marked transition period when your wife got irritated <laughs> with you? <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty obvious transition period yeah the, the uh, without getting into all the details the first <laughs> no one details. no the first one was just very very long you know almost 20 hours overnight uh, it was crazy and i later on made the mistake of jokingly talking about how much how much my back was killing me mm-hmm. um you know during that time just you know here, here she is going through all that and i was complaining about my back in a joking way wow the second one was more quick and she did complain that i was in her face trying to help her breathe and i had coffee breath so you mm-hmm. know there was that and uh but but it was i would never have missed it for the world all, all joking aside that's that's funny hey yeah. i did want to let our our listeners in meridian know that there's all kind of things going on this week there east east uh, central community college is holding a military appreciation breakfast tomorrow at 7 a.m over in the mabry cafeteria gold room um and they have lieutenant colonel david alexander will be there uh th- there's just a whole bunch of events going on so you can go to the meridian star and check that out uh the meridian star which is a local paper there in meridian uh for more information and like i said you can go to your local news uh stations and they usually will list all those events get out take your kids go go to some kind of event like that and uh and and teach your kids instruct them your grandkids that hey these people sacrifice to be in the military and risk put their lives on the line uh, because they're always available 24-7. Yep. They may not have been called to go in the theater, but they were willing to and they served right. for a long time. So. Especially important to teach kids and take them given 
that that's not being taught necessarily in the schools these days. Yeah. We're going to take a break here. We're glad you're with us. Come back after the break. I think we've got a phone call holding that we'll take when we come back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Glad you're with us. I'm David Gray in for Taylor Johnson today, along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries. And Steve, I think we have a, a phone call, right? David is on the line. Hi, David. Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> We're doing well. Hello. We, you, we hear you. You hear me? <laughs> yeah. All right, I just didn't, uh, I didn't know if y'all was going to be on the air tomorrow night since it'd be a Veterans Day, but I was going to put a shout out for my mom and dad's 66th anniversary. Well, if, if it's your mom and dad's, it's my mom and dad's too, David. <laughs> Gotta be. I just want to see if you're going to figure that out. <laughs> well, I, we're going to be on air tomorrow. But you always try to beat okay. me to it, don't you? Yeah, you beat me to it. I do. <laughs> 66, 66 years. Wow. Years. That's oh, something God. else. Yeah. That's... I think I'm going to take them to um, a way off tomorrow at the post office. So, you know, Dad always wants to go get his free meal at Applebee's since he's a veteran. Yeah, that's what David was talking, David Gray was talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, I have friends who do that as yeah, well. Yeah, so. I'm going to take him and Mama tomorrow for lunch. Well, hey, what's going on in Meridian? You know what else is going on there? I just mentioned a couple of things for Veterans Day. Okay. they doing a parade there? They got a parade in the morning. But it's, you know, the, it's supposed to rain tomorrow, but they got a parade scheduled, and then they got uh, speakers at the Doughboy Do Monument mm-hmm. there across from City Hall. Okay. Well, please um, get uh, please give your best to my best to your parents. That's a that's quite an accomplishment. Sixty six years. Oh, it's real good. Mm. Well, I'll tell them I'm going to see them in a little bit. Well, well, tell them I said hi and thanks for listening, Dave. And uh, be safe out there. All right. All right. 
Love y'all. Right. Love you Thanks. too. Thanks. Take care. Yeah. 66 years. Wow. I can never beat him in calling in. or <laughs> He's always like a day ahead of me, man. It's like, because yeah. uh, tomorrow, yeah, I knew it was tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, 66 years, that's something else. Yep. That um, is, I mean, you don't hear about that much, very much anymore. But that's, uh, that's a great witness. Yeah, it is. Well, hey, Dave, uh, I know you were here last week with Taylor while I was out of town, but we're kind of revisiting and going back through Acts 10, talking about Cornelius. And on uh, Monday, we had uh, we had looked at his divinely orchestrated plan, God's divinely orchestrated plan to to bring Cornelius into the family. And I think a lot of times we we kind of gloss over what a monumental thing that was. Now, Cornelius was just a human, but he was a Roman centurion. Mm. And the consequences for him to bow his heart to Jesus would have been far greater in the Roman Empire mm. than for a Jew right. to do that. Right. Even though the Jew would have paid a price within the synagogue, which was a big deal, but for a Roman centurion who controlled the troops, who uh, led the troops to to really bow his heart to Jesus meant to acknowledge a God other than other than Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. But God had divinely orchestrated this plan for him, and and we kind of talked about on Monday that God determines who He brings into the kingdom. He determines how they get brought in. He determines the people He uses to bring them in and when it happens. And we talked about the divinely ordained priest, which was Peter in this case. Um, we, we didn't get into it a whole lot, but uh, today we're going to kind of look at the priest, uh, verses 9 all the way through 33, and kind of deal with the rest of these things, the divinely ordained priest God uses, the divine opportunity to profess that's a part of every salvation experience, and also the divinely observable presence of God in the people who deliver the message. Mm. When You know, when Peter and the six guys that were there with him were in the house with Cornelius, he says, we are here in the presence of God. Right. It was so apparent that God inhabited Peter and the people with him that it evoked that statement out of Cornelius. Mm. So what I'm going to have you do is read 9 through 33. It's kind of a long text. But we got enough time to read it. And then we're going to talk. We'll get into the ordained priest part. We'll come back after the break and finish up with the opportunity to profess and then the observable presence there. So go ahead and read sure. verses 9 through tw- uh, 33. Yep, Acts chapter 10, 9 through 33. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision he had seen might mean, 
Behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they, in, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. <clears throat> and he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with were to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. You know, David, uh, that's a long read. And and as you were reading it, I think the thing that strikes me most out of that is here Cornelius is not even a believer. He is not a saved part of the family of God. He is a God-fearer. He's a seeker, but he's not a believer yet. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. Right. And yet, he went and invited people to come hear the gospel. Mm. Now, what excuse do we have? We (laughs) have the Holy Spirit. We should invite people. We should be concerned with people wanting to hear from people that can share the gospel. Yep. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, Cornelius, even though he was not a believer, God was doing a work in him. He was drawing him to himself. We talked about that, um, uh, how God is sovereign in choosing. And now he's sending Peter while he's giving Cornelius this vision on one side of uh, Israel to go uh, send some people to Joppa to bring Peter back, he gives Peter a vision not once. You notice he didn't give, uh, you know why he didn't have to give Cornelius a vision three times, right? Because he was a military guy. Yeah. <laughs> he knew. Do you remember what the military guy told Jesus, the, the centurion told yeah, Jesus? Yeah, you don't even, I'm under orders, you know, um, and you give the order. Yeah. My, I, my my child will be healed. I think the best thing for me about the military in my life was teaching me that Mm -hmm. you understand authority structure. And so I think that the Mm -hmm. centurion 
wouldn't go, no, Lord, that's never going to happen to you. Right, right. Because he's a centurion. Right. He understands authority. He had one vision. Yeah. Have you thought about that? that? No, that's an interesting point. And now that you say that, realizing that the, the vision of the sheep coming up and down happens three times. It happens. It, it reminds me of Jesus saying to Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lamb, feed my sheep. You know, that that passage where he tell, asks him three times. Yes. You know? Similarly, here the vision happens three times. It's like Peter. Peter needed it Peter to get it. Needed yeah. some reinforcement right, there, right? Because this was such a big deal for sure. Peter yeah. to to do it. But Peter had already been in Joppa with Simon the Tanner for a while, which Simon the Tanner would have had an unclean house, right? Because he worked with dead animals, right? And so God was doing a work, but to take it to the next level and actually enfold a Gentile, and not just a Gentile, a Roman, a Roman, and not just a Roman, a Roman soldier, and not even just a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion. Mm. I mean, can you imagine what he would have seen in battle? Can you imagine what he would have witnessed? Right. And here he is. Peter three times is told go. And, and finally, by the way, verse 14, you can't say no, Lord. It says by no means, Lord. <laughs> you can't I, it's yes lord right if he's lord yeah now i'm not saying you 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 can obviously say it because he did but those two phrases don't go together no lord <laughs> right no lord when he tells you to do something right right uh, and so uh, i wonder if peter thought it was some kind of test or something at first because it had been drilled into them for so long about clean and unclean right yes well and remember in the old testament to i mean Every time they did unclean things, they ended up paying a price. But here's the thing that people can think about before we come back. Why would God bring Peter from Joppa when Philip was already in Caesarea? Mm -hmm. Philip, who had led the revival in Samaria. Think about that when we come back. We're going to talk about God's divinely ordained priest, how God sovereignly chooses who to share his word with everybody he chooses to share with. Okay, so a little homework during the break. (laughs) We're glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have any questions. We're going to break for the news, and we will be back on SWAT Radio. David Gray in for Taylor Johnson. Glad you're with us. I'm here along with Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, and we are looking at Acts chapter 10, and specifically today, verses 9 to 33, talking about um, Peter being used to go to Cornelius uh, as the divinely ordained priest, and 
just talking about some of the circumstances around all that. And Doug was asking the question before the break about why Peter came from Joppa, why God had Peter come to Cornelius as opposed to, say, Philip, who was already in Caesarea. So, Doug, I think that's where you left off. Yeah, well, so Peter was over in Samaria authenticating the Samaritans around 36 A.D., okay? Some, I, th- I think it was around 36 uh, timeline. And um, so he's he's over in uh, Joppa uh, awaiting to be called by Cornelius around uh, 38 to 40 A.D., sometime in there. And so he had been in Joppa for a while at this Tanner's house, but Philip was in Samaria. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry, in Caesarea. And so why would God bring Peter all the way from Joppa to uh, Caesarea when he had a very valid, a very competent preacher who was in Caesarea. Mm. You think, well, I I probably wouldn't have done it that way. Well, Mm -hmm. because there's a bigger thing going on. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just about Cornelius. You see, there's really two conversions here. And it's not really a conversion in the sense of of a birth into the family of God. But there is a conversion of Peter's thinking about who belongs in that family. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is God says, I'm bringing Peter. He's the priest for this. And, David, you know from going with us to the north side with Councilman Gaffney all the time that we go down there, whenever we're serving and we're ministering to people, who else is getting ministered to? We are. Yes. Big time. Every time. I would say more so even than the people we're serving in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, I, I think I think that's part of uh, serving and evangelism. I, I think the ones doing it are getting just as blessed and just as much growth out of the people hearing and being served. I agree. And, yeah. and you know, over in uh, Romans 10, and we've mentioned this several times uh, throughout this study, that uh, Romans 10, it, it, it says in verse 14, it says, How will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I mean, so God could have used the angel that came to Cornelius to tell him the gospel story. He chose not to. Uh, He could have used Philip. He chose not to. He wanted to use Peter. Why? Because Peter writes in 1 Peter 2, we are a chosen race. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we may what? Proclaim the excellencies of him. So we are all priests, and I think uh, a lot of times we think it's only the paid professionals <laughs> that are the priests. But yeah. no, it goes all the way back to Exodus 19 where Moses was told and instructed the people, we are a kingdom of priests, we're a holy nation, these are the words you should speak. So God's people have always been a channel and a conduit to God. These are, the you know, we are to be a a, a mouthpiece out in the world that points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. And so God divinely orchestrates a plan. He has divinely ordained priest. 
but there's also this divine opportunity to profess. It says in verse 7, when the angel who spoke to him departed, talking about to Cornelius, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier. That word devout means somebody very loyal. Now, why why would Cornelius have to, dis, you know, just why couldn't he just send two servants? Because this was important. Mm-hmm. And he had been told by the Lord God Almighty through an angel to go send people and and bring Peter there. Yeah. And it this, says he's just like every place else in Scripture when he saw the angel. It says he, he stared at him in terror. He was terrified. So he took this deadly serious for sure. And, and so he sent them to Joppa. Now, um, there is an opportunity to profess in every salvation experience. When we talk about a divinely orchestrated plan, divinely ordained priest, these are common elements in true conversion experiences. In every salvation experience, this is how God works. There is a divinely orchestrated plan for every person that he brings in. There's divinely ordained priests that share the gospel with that person. There's divine opportunities to profess your loyalty to him. Everybody, I, 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 one of the most commonly asked questions that I hear all the time is, if I trust Jesus, does that mean I have to blank? Just fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And my response is, well, I don't know because I'm not Jesus. I'm just telling you the story. I'm testifying to the resurrection. I'm giving you the good news that he's king, but the king instructs us. We all have the Holy Spirit, and what the king may tell David Gray to do, he may not tell Doug McCary to do. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some some common things that, that relate to all of us. But there's some things that aren't written in Scripture that the Spirit, you know, the Spirit leads mm-hmm. us to. Mm-hmm. And where we get into problems a lot of times is when we make our convictions somebody else's theology. Because if it's not written in the Bible, if it, in other words, if the principle's not d- discussed there, then we have freedom in Christ. Right. And we trust in his leadership. And so, but the bigger issue is, are we going to obey? That's how God's people are identified in Scripture as his. The only way that people can know if you're his or I'm his is by our obedience. Mm -hmm. He says, listen, if you love me, what? You'll keep my my commandments. If you abide in my word, in other words, if you walk in my word, you are truly my disciples. So here's a question, David. How can we walk in his word if we don't know his word? Right. We can't. Well, if we don't know his word, we're confused. And and look at what people believe in the world today. I, I, I'll never forget being in Kenya years ago and seeing a guy that one, our host said, watch this. And he pointed an American was walking down the street with his roll along travel bag mm-hmm. and he said, I said, well, why, what, what do you want me to look at? I didn't know what he was talking about. He, he said, we well, see that guy smoking, right? And I said, yeah, he's got a cigarette. And he said, it's illegal to smoke here in Kenya, downtown. And I said, really? I goes, how's he supposed to know that? He goes, it's the law. It doesn't matter if he knows mm-hmm. it or not. That's what mm-hmm. the law is. Right. And sure enough, the guy got stopped. And there's a lot of people that are going to say, well, I didn't know that. I right. didn't know that. 
Right. That's not an excuse. Right. You can't claim you can't claim you didn't know. Because God says in Romans one, he gives revelation to everybody. There's general revelation, right. there's specific revelation. And so we all have an opportunity to profess. And he says, uh, he says in First John uh, two, God does. Whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth isn't in him. And there's twelve inches, David, between the head and the heart. Twelve inches. Mm. And a lot of people, I fear, know about him in the head, but don't have him in the heart. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have him in the heart, you don't really know him. Mm. You can know about him, right. but you don't know him. And the most tragic words in the Bible to me are Matthew seven right. twenty one: yeah. "Depart, for I never knew you." Right. Uh, so the issue is not just whether you know about him. Does he know you? Yeah. Do you spend time with him? Do you spend time in his word? Uh, every salvation experience that's true, you're going to have some kind of opportunity to profess. We don't live in Afghanistan or Iraq or China. If we live there and somebody shared the gospel with us and we're not believers, the moment we say yes, we are putting our lives on the line mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. There's a divine opportunity to profess. Well, there's still opportunities to profess in the States. It's just that we're not going to be thrown in prison or, or, or executed because we believe it. But there are opportunities to profess. It looks different everywhere. Right. But that doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity there. The question is, are we really professing a love? Are we really obedient and loyal to him? Mm-hmm. Not to earn his salvation. Right. But in response, as evidence, yeah, as evidence, evidence and in response. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, when you were talking about Cornelius earlier, since you brought up Afghanistan or someplace that would be, you know, a more Muslim or, or Hindu country, when you brought that up about Cornelius putting his life on the line because he's acknowledging a deity, quote unquote, other than Caesar. Right. Yeah. And that reminds me of what, you know, a Muslim today would go through mm-hmm. when they convert. They're 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 totally disowned by their family. They're often their their lives are in danger, like you said. I mean, that's that's an opportunity to profess, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it doesn't stop at the moment of salvation. Sure. Peter had an opportunity to profess here too. He was told, "Go with these representatives from this Roman centurion, mm-hmm. and go into the pit into Caesarea of Rome, at least in that part of the world." Sure. And what did he do? Verse 21 says, and Peter went down and said, I'm the one you're looking for. Mm -hmm. That took obedience. That took trust. See, obedience always conveys trust. If we obey him when we can't understand why he's doing something, it shows that we trust him. Mm -hmm. And and he is a loving father. If people ask me all the time, how do I know God's will? How do I know God's will? Listen, if you want to obey God's will, and you get out, let's say you, you misstep because you thought he wanted you to go right when really he wanted you to go left. If your heart is to obey him, he doesn't take a hammer and smack you over the head. He takes his hand and gently moves you to the left. Well, like like the psalm says, if he kept a record of those wrongs, who could stand? Yes, we, We'd all be in that boat. We'd all be getting the hammer if that was the way he operated. And so, and so yeah, and so Peter goes down. And he takes him over to Caesarea, and they go in there. And what does Cornelius do? He says, we're all here in the presence of God. There was a divinely observable presence there, and that presence was in 
and Peter and those six men mm. that were with him. Yeah. And when we come back, we're going to finish up. The people want to call in, but we're going to just uh, talk about a couple of verses about how that presence of God is actually in us. We'll be right back after the break on SWAT Radio. Stay with us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Welcome back, everyone, to SWAT Radio. David Gray and Doug McCary. Taylor Johnson will be back tomorrow. And we no, are, he won't. Oh, he won't. No, tomorrow's oh, guest I day. misspoke. Well, tomorrow you, is you guest day. You jumped right ahead of me, I, Dave. I, did. I was like, uh, yeah, he will be back on Friday, <laughs> oh, uh, where we'll be taking calls, kind of anything goes. Tomorrow. Well, like I said, who's your guest yeah, tomorrow? Well, tomorrow, I'm excited. <laughs> we have John Stemberger of the Florida Family Policy Council. Um, John was just in town. They just had a retreat here, and um, I reached out through uh, one of my board members who's on his board and ask him if he could uh, come and uh, be our guest tomorrow. John is an interesting guy. He has had quite the career as an attorney. He's a Christian attorney um, and uh, has been a former, uh, the political director of the Republican Party of Florida. Uh, He was appointed by George Bush to do that. Uh, He is been very very well versed and uh, has a lot of expertise in law policy culture and politics mm. he's uh he's been uh in the new york times the wall street journal the economist i mean he's he's been around the block so sounds to speak. like it sure and um it, but anyway he's an eagle scout and was one of the founding i think uh members of a, a thing called trail life usa which was kind of a christian replacement for boy scouts when the boy scouts kind of went to the left a little bit mm-hmm. and started allowing some things that they didn't agree with because all these boy scout groups um m- you know met in churches right and so they they were concerned about some of the lgbtq stuff that was getting pumped into the, the scouting 
And so they started Trail Life, which uh, has been going really well. But uh, John Stenberger, he's going to be our guest. Please tune in tomorrow. I'm sure you'll get encouraged. If you've ever received any kind of voting uh, information at your church or, you know, they send out these voter Hmm. guides, the Florida Family Policy Council are are usually the people that put those things out. So I'm excited to have him. Uh, he's he's argued a lot of cases, and uh, you know he was uh, been a very very influential business leader in the state of Florida, and very involved in Christian values and those kind of things. So uh, I'm looking forward to having him. Yeah, on Yeah, good time timely timely time to have him on if, with that kind of a background, given what's happening in the world. Yeah, uh, he's a Florida native, so I, I just look forward to having him on. So. Sorry, I didn't let you know that sooner. No, that's okay. That's shame on me. That's all right. That. That's all right. Taylor will be back on Friday. He will. He will be back <laughs> on Friday. Hey, um, I want to get back to the the last part here, going to a divinely observable process. You know, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul says, God's spirit dwells in you. And in 1 John 4:16 it says God is love whoever abides in love abides in God God's lo- God abides in him. I think David too often we forget that we are the dwelling place of God. In the Old Testament God dwelt his presence was at the temple. Mm-hmm. So it was come and see God at mm-hmm. the temple. In the New Testament it's go and be God out in the world. And we forget that wherever we go we carry the spirit of God. And so as believers, I shouldn't see David, the human. What I should see is because, because we are flawed and we still make mistakes. And sometimes we can forget that even though these bodies are temporary and make mistakes, what's on the inside, we carry the spirit of God mm, yeah. and, and we represent God to the world. And so where we, when two or three are gathered there, now, I know that's in the context of discipline, but God still says the principle is that he's there mm-hmm. because he's in us. Yeah. That's what Cornelius witnessed, and that's what evoked that response that says, we are here in the presence of God. Well, hearing that, it'll give you a new perspective on the verse that talks about us being living stones. Yeah, The temple is made up of living stones. You mentioned the temple in the Old Testament, come and see but now the temple is huge <laughs> yeah, because it's all believers that, that, you know, are here and we're living stones. I think we actually have a phone call. Uh, Roger is on the line. Roger, glad you're with us. How can we help you? What's your question? Well, first off, I want to wish Doug a happy birthday and simplify. Simplify, Roger. Thank you. And the second thing is y'all were talking about movies. Yep. Uh, a good Vietnam movie is uh, Firebase Gloria. Firebase Gloria. I've never seen I have that. not either. That's uh they well a few years ago they claimed that was the closest reality to Vietnam. Wow. Well, if it it's was, closer uh, than we think, were soldiers. Did you see the movie We Were Soldiers? I did. What'd you yes, think sir. of that? And that was a good movie. That was a good movie. Uh this is about a marine I'm going to say a first sergeant, and I think it was uh, Emory, that uh, their helicopter, I can't remember if it took a shot, but anyway, it was disabled, and they landed at this Army outpost. Mm-hmm. And the Army, uh, they were they were about to get overrun, but the captain was sitting down in the bunker with his feet propped up. Mm. 
and he was, I think he was an Army captain. And the uh, first sergeant went in there and squared them away, uh, fortified their positions, and uh, beat back the uh, attack. Mm. Firebase Gloria. I'm looking at it right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's, that looks good. All right, I'm going to have to add that to my repertoire. <laughs> okay. Of course, you know, though. Anyway, they- I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. And, uh, I just came from a... From a luncheon, we uh, I was in uh, part of VMA 142, and then I went to Babs 49 out at Cecil Field. That was after I was off active duty. Yes, sir. And, uh, every year we get together on the 10th of November. Well, well, Semper Fi, and happy birthday to you, too. <coughs> Thank you, sir. All right. You Thanks, Roger. One. Appreciate your call. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. It's called The Siege of Firebase Gloria. I never heard of that. No, me neither. That's kind of crazy. Uh, wow, it's a true story, apparently. So I like those kind. Yeah. I don't know if you like those. I no, like. I do. I like when they're based on a true absolutely. story. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yep. uh, Dave, just to, let me go back to this to tie this up just for a second, okay? In Acts three, in verse nineteen, um, when Peter is preaching. And he's speaking in Solomon's portico. He says, repent and turn again that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Mm. When that presence is in you, there is a time of refreshing that, that we were speaking about today at SWAT. By the way, if you if you want to join us, you can join us at uh down at uh, Jumping Jack's House of Food uh, tomorrow morning, 6.30, where we're going to be looking at uh, what Peter actually said to Cornelius and his family and those gathered. Um, but Cornelius said the pre- uh, that we're here in the presence of God. Peter and six guys came from Joppa. Now, what's interesting about that, I don't think I've talked about it. Maybe y'all talked about it last week. But Joppa is present-day Jaffa. But Joppa is well-known in the Bible because one of the prophets went there to run away from proclaiming the gospel to who? The Ninevites. Who were Gentiles. Right. And so Joppa would have been well-known to the Jews. So isn't it interesting that that's where God took Peter <laughs> To stay in a city where a guy tried to run away from going to the Gentiles. Mm. In fact, I think he's the only prophet in the Old Testament that was called to do that. Well, what I find so interesting when I think about Jonah is he was running because he knew God would forgive them. Yes. And he didn't want God to forgive them because they hated them. Well, and what did Peter say in the first time? Lord, I'm never going to put anything unclean in my right, mouth. Right, right. Well, the reality is... In his mind, the Jew would have thought that the Romans were so dirty, there's no way they could have been brought mm-hmm. into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and in fact, they were hoping to overthrow Rome. That yeah. was the whole point of the Messiah to yeah. them. Yeah. And just, so, just to take a quick tangent along those lines, because we were just in the break talking about the chosen, there's a very interesting dynamic between Peter and Matthew in the chosen. Now, Matthew was a Jew, but he was a tax collector, and it's the same idea, right? 
how can this dirty tax collector be brought into the family of God and be not only brought in, but be a close follower of Jesus? Yeah. Right? And that dynamic is interesting. They take that liberty a little bit. We don't know, right, exactly yeah. what that relationship was like. But but when you mentioned that Peter must have thought about Cornelius, this this dirty dog, how could he ever? Well, and, and you remember in the program, uh, the chosen program, Peter goes, why? I mean, what are you doing with him? Right. And he goes, and he says, well, I remember how you were, Peter. And mm-hmm. he goes, that was different. Right. And Peter, or Jesus goes, you better get used to different. Yeah. 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 Great, great line. It's a yeah. great line. And of course, we all think like that as individuals, too. I know I do. Well, my situation's different. This person's way worse. I've thought that many times in my life till God teaches you, no, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you know that chief of sinners line? Yes. That applies to you, well, too, listen, meaning over, me. Over in Ephesians 2, and I know we're, we're kind of coming to the end here. In Ephesians 2, Paul is talking to the Ephesians about being one in Christ. And he's talking about Gentiles and Jewish people being brought together. And notice what he says in verse 18. He talks about the dividing ball being come down by Christ. Christ is is the ultimate bridge between every broken relationship, Mm -hmm. every people group, Mm -hmm. every Christ is the ultimate bridge. If people let him, he says in verse 18, as we go out for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. In other words, we can be different, but the only way we get to the father is through the same way is through Jesus, you and me, we both need him. And that's a great message. Hey, uh, don't forget, tomorrow, John Stenberger, uh, and we would hope you'll join us uh, from the family, Florida Family Policy Council. He's going to be our guest tomorrow. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be very informative. Great. Glad to be with you today, Doug. Always good to be here. Taylor will be back on Friday. Yes. And thank you all for listening to SWAT Radio. Yeah, thank you, David, for being here. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening